Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 12th of May, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets, crypto, commodities, really, tech, everything. I'm Nadine Blaney, here with my colleague, my esteemed colleague, David Scott. Good to be here. I feel a bit like a pallbearer today. It's uh, a bit morbid out there. Uh, Everywhere you look, uh, not a lot to go and celebrate. Red, red, red. In fact... The local market finishing at 6,941. Gosh, that's got to be the lowest close that we've seen for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, January 27th. Yeah. Remember Australia Day? Yeah. Coming back, right. and the world was falling apart. Well, yeah, it's falling apart again. Well, you know what? Um, it did really feel as if there was nowhere to hide, particularly by the end of the session. Once we started seeing you know, Bitcoin continue to tank as we're recording this, Right now, you know, after the market close, obviously here in Australia, we've got Bitcoin down by a further 4% at that 27,000 sailor. Michael Saylor is trending on Twitter. You know, will he be margin called? Is it the end? I mean, that tether chart. I don't know if I've ever really seen a chart like it. Yeah, uh, I'm tether, uh, tether USD, uh, Terra USD, I should say. Be careful here. Terra, yes. Terra sorry, USD. sorry. But uh, I'll get to ter- I'll get to Tether in a second. But the, the Terra USD, uh, that uh, valuation discount that's just ballooned uh, is going to cause a few issues. It doesn't get closed up pretty soon. And Tether is the one that uh, a lot of people are now turning their attention to at the moment. Ever so slightly also starting to trade at a discount. It's been very reluctant in the past to go and give any clarity as to what actually is underpinning uh, the, uh, the actual value of that stable coin. So that's one we've got to keep a very close eye on because if, uh, if those stable coins go, they're measured in the billions and tens of billions of dollars. Uh, if they go, it's going to cause untold hurt for the crypto industry. So the British pound is suffering right now. We did have the UK GDP read come through in the later throws of this Australian session. Shrank by 0.1% in March. For the quarter, expanded by 0.8%. Uh, but coming in on a year-on-year basis below expectations. So Reuters poll had it at around 9%, came in at about 8.7% year-on-year. And we've got the king dollar up at, at, at two-decade highs. Yeah, and just uh, anyone who's been through a couple of cycles or more would know that when the big dollar gets on a, a, a big move, uh, it just goes and steamrolls over the top of a lot of different asset classes. So yeah, keep that's another one to go keep a very close eye on, along with bond yields, because those things are very instructive as to how broad a risk appetite is likely to evolve from here. The information keeps coming, but SoftBank reported a net loss of 1.7 trillion yen, so 13 billion dollars for the year. As again, it's just facing a tech portfolio that is sliding. I mean, some of those investments, if you call them that, 
not looking so crash hot now. But um, look, not to throw shade because, boy, lots of tech investors here also suffering big time. Oh, it was it was ugly today. Mm-hmm. Just um, doesn't matter if you're non-profitable or profitable. Uh, unfortunately, it's not enough of those, the profitable ones on the, lo- the local market here. But uh, everything was just taken out to the woodshed and just chopped up. Uh, Take no pleasure in that. Like we're yeah, not yeah, taking any pleasure it's, it's, in it this. It was it was it was relentless uh, selling and just yeah nothing was getting spared today. One of those days, and I also look at the context of what's going on. You mentioned about how broad the losses were. The Aussie dollar as well is getting smashed. Yeah. So I wonder from an international investor perspective whether there's a bit of an ejector seat going on when it comes to Aussie equities. So I just had an interesting chat with Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Um, they sold uh, the likes of BHP. A few weeks ago when the market looked like it was going to hit all-time highs. And uh, today he was talking about the zero result. And, you know, we said it all day today that it's a pretty poor environment to become a loss-making tech growth company. And he was basically saying, you know, what's management doing? Uh, Continuing to reinvest, continuing to advertise, continuing to talk about this long-term thematic, long-term going for growth, spending big, in this environment, read the room essentially, and zero was down by 11%. Now, of course, you're going to get those out there, Scotty, saying this is a great buying opportunity, but that's what people were saying when it fell below $100. I yeah. mean, this is one of those catch a falling knife scenarios. It is. Um, yeah, but this is, this is the change of environment. This is where the central bank put uh, isn't there, or what's it, if it is there, it's significantly lower levels. And the whole play of I know, buying the dip. Uh, it worked for a long period of time back then, but at the moment, it's been a poor, poor strategy. And I think a few investors, particularly those who haven't been around for that long, uh, are probably finding that out firsthand right now. And uh, it could continue to go much longer than many people expect as well. That's another thing from hindsight that you go and learn over, uh, over the times. So uh, these things can go and extend and get way out of control. That's when the true buying opportunity does start to emerge. Now, let's just for a moment take a breath and focus on some positive market moves today. That was Orica. It expects its earning momentum to continue in the second half, and it was up by 4.5%. Viva Energy was out. Center was out. Uh, Center is talking about, I think, 5% earnings growth, continuing uh, yeah, growth in excess of 5.3% in earnings in FY22. It was up by about two-tenths of 1%, so even in a rising interest rate environment, which is interesting. CBA, of course, out with its trading updates, and it's talking about cost out, costs uh, reduction, sort of offsetting pressure coming through in the net interest margin and competitive forces at play there as well. But it was up by seven tenths of one percent. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't all bad news out there. It's just very stock specific where the good news is coming through. And look, I suppose money has to go somewhere, but boy, there's been a lot of selling. You've got to think that there's a lot of cash on the sidelines. That's why the audience love you. Always go and find the positive in uh, even the bleakest of days. Well, I was also going to segue to our stock of the day, which is CSL. CSL was down by more than 2%, which of course does damage to the broader market. It expects the approvals for its Vifor Pharma uh, acquisition to take a few more months. Kashi picked it as the stock of the day. And he chatted with his guests about that one, Josh Barker from Macro Capital and Gary Glover from Novus Capital, who, of course, took a technical look at the company. Here's what they had to say. I, I still like it here. I think there's, uh, I like the sector. Not cheap, it never is. Um, but I would just probably have my stop in under the last swing low, probably around 265. But I, I think at this stage still looks reasonably robust there. And 
considering the market, I think it's probably a safe stock to be in at the moment. Probably be more on, on the hold side. Uh, I think it's going to do well. Um, I think it's been just gradually been bid up by uh, investors. As Gary mentioned, it's uh, continuing to make those higher lows um, to the downside. Oh, I think CSL is a, a great company more longer term. So um, yeah, if you're happy to be a little bit more long term focused and yeah. accumulated at these levels, it's always a great staple for the portfolio. Yeah. yeah. So Scotty and I both agree that perhaps the moves today with CSL, not a lot to do with the actual news out there, but it's not a buy yet. According to the man who reads the charts, he, he thinks that there could be a better opportunity later because he's expecting more pain in this market. Yeah, uh, noise, maybe not signal what's coming through. A lot of news flow around CSL, but uh, yeah, just seems to be zigzagging from one day to the next. And uh, congratulations to uh, Joshua Barker for making his uh, run on debut on the, uh, the call that today. Was. Did a very good job. I, I, let's go shout out there. All right, good. Shout out to you, Josh. Listen, if you'd like to listen to that full episode, you can do so, website, app, or podcast form. You know the drill. Um, look, so if you're interested in a whole heap of interviews on how to play this pullback, you can find them on our website. I'll just highlight a few. I enjoyed speaking with Luke Laird of today. You were with me for that. Blue chips in the bargain bin. He names three that he's very comfortable buying at this stage of the game. And you had a good chat on the Global View today as well. Yeah, um, energy sector. It's getting a lot of focus at the moment. And uh, there's the potential for capital returns. We know that a lot of these energy giants are benefiting uh, from this roll down of you know, high prices that seem to be extending for a lot longer than what markets are pricing in. Uh, at the moment, uh, and just the opportunities that are coming out there, and the uh, the dividends, free cash flow these businesses are generating are just enormous. Uh, so some of the, I know we we go out of our ways to be very cautious about you know buying uh, you know commodity producers for income generating perspective, but at the moment, oh my goodness, they're almost paying for the uh, the capital investment in the space of a couple of years. CPI tonight in the U.S. following that CPI read. I feel like we've talked a lot about the CPI. Uh, what we know is that it's a very live interest rate environment. We know that people are getting out and spending. I enjoyed our conversation with James White from Lessup Investment Management, though. He sort of put a different spin on where the consumer is in the U.S. economy, why we're starting to see a rise in credit card spending. And he pointed to the reopening and the fact that a lot of that spending is going to restaurants and bars and travel, which, of course, contributed to rising inflation in a meaningful way. But to him, that's not a flashing warning sign of an economy that can't handle you know, the prospect of rising rates from emergency settings. Yeah, all these doomsayers on uh, on Twitter when that uh, that uh, credit report came out and looking at the revolving credit uh, in this, this vertical line. And they're all, oh, and, um, Americans are maxing out on their credit cards to go and keep up with it. It's like, dudes and dudettes, look at what's going on with incomes as well, particularly at the uh, the lower end of the income uh, no, cohorts. They're, uh, they're making decent bank now. So they're going out and spending. And good luck to them. And congratulations. Yeah, so we had a good chat. Well, that James interview is not uh, Lessup Investment Manager, I say. Um, that interview you can't get via the show notes, but it is up online. And uh, yeah, interesting to get his take on what's going on out there in the economy. Housing market as well, he talks about, gives a couple stocks that he's quite willing to be invested in at this time. But he definitely, he, he sort of thinks that the negativity is being a bit overblown right now when you look actually 
at the overall health of the economy and the state of the consumer. Just again, to put a little uh, positivity injection into yeah, what's gave, been a very negative day. I gave him a shout out on air as well, so I'm just dishing him out today everywhere. <laughs> Aren't we having fun? Only takes a, a market route to get Scuddy in the, in the generous mood. I'm kidding. I'm teasing Scuddy. PPI tonight, dollar at two decade highs. So how's that going to factor into the data coming through now? Uh, the stronger that data keeps coming through in the other uh, U.S. economy, uh, the more likely that we're going to, have to see the Fed respond and get even more aggressive than what's being priced in. So uh, the, the king dollar is just looking like a beast mode at the moment. Uh, why would you want to be anywhere else in this environment? It's got safe haven uh, and uh, qualities to it. And it's uh, one of the best performing economies out at the moment. So get amongst it. Good for importers there as well. The volatility smile is what I know all the, uh, the traders out there, the F- the currency traders are saying, Scotty, you mentioned that one. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, what else do we have? We've got jobless claims tonight. Look, uh, nothing to see there. They will be around, you know, the lows that we've seen, consistency in that read coming through. I actually don't today have a long list of Fed speakers. I could be wrong. Maybe I just have gotten so used to writing them all down. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if we do if we do hear from any Fed speakers, it's all going to be about 50 basis point v 75 basis point and the caveat, right, that it's all dependent on the economy. Whatever her na- her happens. name escapes uh, my mind at the moment, but uh, I found it interesting the Dallas Fed's uh, when appointed uh, the deputy of the, uh, the New York Fed and her speciality is balance sheet. Uh-huh. When we talk about quantitative tiny, I do yeah. apologize for not being able to go remember her name off the uh, top of my head. But yeah, really interesting appointment. I wonder whether that might be a bit instructive as to where the Fed might look to go and get a little bit more aggressive moving forward. Is it Laurie K. Logan, named president of the Dallas Fed, to succeed Robert Kaplan, who of course left under a cloud of share trading scandal? Yeah, Nothing, nothing sus there at all, of course, was there? But yeah, uh, maybe Laurie's uh, going to go and uh, ramp up the other uh, rhetoric when it comes to uh, the balance sheet unwind. But uh, yeah, good appointment. It looks like it, given the circumstances. So see how she goes. Okay, well, I'll be looking out for her speeches, as I do every day, I guess, except today. All right. Um, in terms of guests tomorrow, it's looking good. It's a Friday. Don't forget that. So we'll be having a drink at about 3.45 to talk about what has been a very, very eventful week in markets. And honestly, Scotty, who knows what will happen tonight if we're thinking about the crypto universe, if we're thinking about, uh, you know, equities, tech in particular. (laughs) Boy, you know, those quality names in the United States, some are looking, well, much better value than they were looking just a short time ago. Yeah, it's, uh, you can see the valuation starting to go and improve at the moment. You can see why it's enticing a few people back in, but the uh, the environment to go and feel confident enough to go and do that, that's the biggest issue at the moment. There's just no confidence. Uh, and, how, and who can blame people given the Fed? Certainly out, no, speaker after speaker, 50, 50, 75 maybe, 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, no one knows how this is going to end, including those Fed members. Okay, so tomorrow morning, Tim Mulholland will give us his view. He's pretty level-headed. Carlos Cacho from Jardin, he will be putting on his banking analyst cap and running us through everything that we've learned from the big four banks now that we've got CBA in, plus Macquarie, of course. Uh, That's another topic, you know. Share price continues to come under pressure, underperforming the big four after its big result last week. Uh, James Whalen, you'll have a big chat with him, VFS Group, and we've got a whole heap of guests throughout the day today. I'm really looking forward to the small 
I was going to say the small caps. I should say the call. I always look forward to the small caps. But Claude Walker from A Rich Life, Andrew Page from Strawman, um, both have a small cap specialty. Both are in a lot of those high growth small names in the tech space. I know Claude is a big holder of zero. So there will be some lively conversation at 12 noon Sydney on the call. Yeah, haven't seen many... Uh Many Bloody Marys uh, on Claude's uh, Twitter profile <laughs> recently. So, yeah, but uh, I'm sure he's done very well over time. So it's the, uh, the cycle and, and training throughout the cycle. Yeah, and he's the first to admit when he gets things wrong as well. Uh, so, look, speaking of, we saw the Emerging Markets Index down a painful 2.67%. Interestingly, the Small Ords Index also down 2.67%. The S&P ASX 200 shed one75 uh, percent, 1.75 percent, 6,941. Are you going to sleep well tonight, Scotty? Always sleep well. Have a good one. You too. We'll see you Bye. tomorrow. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.